Welcome back to Inside the Oval, presented by Dignity Health. I'm Patty Kwan. And I'm Haley Jones. And in this episode, we are joined by 49ers Manager of Ticketing, Chelsea Madokin. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited and honored to be asked to record this with you. To start off, what are your main responsibilities as a manager of ticketing? Um, yeah, I I have a lot of them. I feel like my um, there's a lot of different kind of random small things, but my overarching um, is I manage our box office staff. And so I have a team of about 25 folks who um, work the box office windows on game days, as well as provide ticketing and customer service support throughout the week. Um, I also assist with player tickets, um, alumni ticketing, ticketing for all of the non-NFL events, and um, just general kind of ticket financial reports and projects as well. Over the last four years here, you've worked your way up um, from specialist to coordinator and to now manager. What has that journey been like for you? Yeah, no, I, I think I'm incredibly lucky to have had a career, I mean, while still in its infancy, um, but have just a great time here at the Niners. Um, when I first started, um, my role was very customer service focused and, um, you know, got to do just learn a lot from my team. I think like now being able to manage our box office team is something that I feel really strongly about. I feel like when I first came to the 49ers, it was um, great working alongside of them and, you know, to now build up the relationship in order to now manage that team, I think has been really rewarding for me. I'm really curious. Patty and I talk about this. I was a bartender and server. Patty has worked as like a barista and for retail outlets. I think everyone should work a customer service job at some point in their life. What skills did you learn, especially at the beginning, mostly working in a customer service role? Yeah, I do think, yeah, customer service, I agree with you, Haley. It's um, it's definitely needed. I feel like it just presents you with all different sorts of people, and I feel like it, it makes you I don't know. I feel like it, it for me, it makes me like judge people less because you never know who's going to, you know, cause issues and stuff. And really, it's never the people you think. Um, but I yeah, I feel like working in customer services, you know, it really shapes how you speak. And I know with my team, they I say this all the time to them that I say there's always a better way to say things. And so you can say the message still, but there's always a better way to communicate it and to use different words and to kind of get your message across that people can hear what you're saying. You know, they, they know what you're saying. They know what the message is and you just constantly get, keep getting better. And that makes you a better communicator um, with non-customer facing people as well. And so I, I agree. It's really important skill to have and develop. When you were in college or like when you were stepping onto campus for the first time, what did you think you wanted to do? Oh, man, I college Chelsea was I mean, and I still am in different ways, but she was an environmental warrior queen um, in training. And so I thought I was going to, you know, save the earth man at protests and, you know, things like that. I think once I got to college, I was like, well, I need to kind of pick either the policy side or the like science side. And I was like, but I hate biology. So I don't know if that's going to work out for me. Um, 
And then I got a cool opportunity at the business school at my um, at my college. And I think learning that I really had a knack for numbers and finance um, that I didn't think I had before. Um, I know, you know, math, especially for women, is is not the forefront of most of our educations. Um, I feel like it's starting to be, but back at that time. Um, and so I didn't really have that math um, good experience until I got to college and kind of learned it through the economic um, and finance lens. And then I was like, wait, I actually really enjoy this. And so I think that mixed with um, my works in Parks and Rec for a while um, and helped with our schools um, some of our schools like athletic programs um, for the business school, I think kind of led me to realize that this, um, that there was other opportunities that I think I could um, do better and then, you know, still have, you know, environmentalism as more as a social cause that I have. So got to, you know, um, still stay true to myself, but also uh, build a career based on things that, um, things that I developed and I'm good at. I saw that you went to CU and obviously they have a pretty well-known athletics department. What made you decide to get into sports and did you participate in any extracurriculars in college? Yeah, um, I I got into sports actually from um, a sports econ class that I took. Um, we had a lot of amazing guest speakers that worked in the sports industry and it was the first time that I was like, wait, like, all of your favorite teams have this whole business operation side um, that I didn't quite realize was a job possibility. Um, but that class was definitely a game changer for me um, in terms of, you know, seeing what roles were available and out there. And I think that that's what sparked my career passion to go, go into sports. Um, as far as extracurriculars, I was very involved with um just kind of social justice causes and like the student government um, at my school and was just really involved in different kind of social justice and, you know, diversity um, kind of clubs and organizations, which I think um, kind of helped find that community of like-minded people at such a big school. And so I think like those were both good experiences to get kind of leadership and working with others that um, have just really different viewpoints. Um, I think that that helped shape some of um, just ideas I have around working with people and, you know, managing people. Um, but yeah, college, college was fun. I love Boulder. Um, I love Colorado. I grew up mostly um, here. My, my family's still out in Colorado and um, it was, it was a good time. <laughs> From that, class that you took that kind of sparked an interest what was your what was your progression then to your first sports job yeah so that class was I think I took that class when I was a senior um I I think I became almost like obsessed with like okay how can I work for you know the teams that I love so I originally from Santa Clara and so my pair my dad's a big Niner fan um and, you know, all kind of various sports. And so I was like, those are my teams growing up. Um, I was definitely the kid on Bronco Day wearing a Jerry Rice t-shirt and would refuse to wear anything, <laughs> um, refuse to wear anything else. Um, but I, um, I just, I was like, okay, how do I get here? Like, how do I do this? Um, and I got involved um, more with the Parks and Rec department that I was already working for. And I started helping 
um, with the youth camps. And so we would have um, Denver Nuggets players that would host basketball camps um, at our facility. And so getting involved through sports in a very small way at first, um, kind of coordinating um, all of the camp activities and just the movement and operations in those. Um, And I think after that, I kind of hit a point where I was working in Parks and Rec for a while, doing events um, like for the town. And I kind of was, I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm either going to kind of stay in my hometown and not that there's anything wrong with that and just kind of work here and this will be my job and this is the life I'll get, or I just need to make this really drastic change. And so I just, you know, kind of gave myself three months to save up and I moved to San Francisco um, in 2017. And I vividly remember I was at the airport, like waiting for my flight out and I had applied for a job at the Giants. um, And a couple of months later, it had thankfully worked out. But that's kind of what got my start in sports was more just like, I got to do this. I got to go. I got to see if I can do it. And then I went. Side note, You've mentioned Parks and Rec a few times. Is it anything like the show? And admittedly, I've only watched like one or a handful of episodes. But is it anything like the show? <laughs> it's it was kind of I get that question a lot. So it's I feel like the show the because um, I've seen the show entirety. It the show focuses more on like obviously small town. So I feel like our, um, ours had like different sectors. So I wouldn't ever work with parks people. I wouldn't ever work with, um, some of like the other programming. I would focus on like just the events that were happening, like at the rec center. And so, um, since it was such a big operation, um, I, I wouldn't really have, I don't know. I really, wouldn't wasn't really out in the field with with people as much as the show portrayed but there definitely was you know really great people that I worked with um my first boss um her name was Brenda she's just an absolute treasure and I still keep in contact with her she really just taught me pretty much everything I know about just you know working and working hard and kind of going after what you want and so I still credit her to um to a lot of you know good qualities I feel like I have and so it was it was fun um I feel like there was definitely less shenanigans that can happen though in real life. So yeah, no, that makes sense. So you've worked for just about every major sports team in the Bay. How does each professional league differ from in your experience? Yeah, I, I know I'm trying to do a collect them all situation for various sports. Maybe <laughs> um, you get like a trading card for each one. Yeah, just like check them off um, one by one. Yeah, so I I feel like the um, it's obviously the operations are different. Obviously, each team kind of prioritizes different parts of the business, which is interesting to see. I feel like the biggest difference I think with football is that we don't have as many games. And so I feel like the the game day is obviously the biggest part of your role for, you know, baseball and basketball because it was, you know, every other day you'd have a game. And so there was a lot there was a lot more um I think like fan interactions that I've had because you would see, you know, fans are the same fans like every single day versus I think in football, like we have, you know, 10 times to really shine in front of our fans. Um, I mean, hopefully more 10 plus um, if, if it's a good year. Um, and so I think that's 
that's kind of the biggest uh, difference that I found is that is that really there's there's a lot more um, there's a lot more I guess prep time in a weird way because I feel like when you know at the Giants it was we have a game and even if it was a long day it's like okay we have a, another game tomorrow and I feel like it's easier to get in a mode of just resetting quicker. But, and I feel like we've had, so, you know, here at the Niners, we have a lot more concerts and events, which is amazing. And I'm really lucky to be on a part of the kind of public events team as well. Um, but it's, I think it's definitely larger scale because um, we have such a big building to fill for every one of these events. I was actually going to ask you, how does your job change? I mean, if at all, from a 49ers game to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert? Yeah, um, I feel like there's a lot more. um, So for concerts and other events, there's, or for concerts, there's always a promoter team that kind of comes in and runs, you know, runs the show and helps run it with us. I feel like there's just a lot more people involved for concerts and it's people who really specialize in that tour and they know, you know, that they've been doing this, you know, night after night and they're on the road. And so they know their event best. And so we're just, you know, there to support and there to lend our expertise on our building and our city and our fans um, and the people in our community. But I feel like it, it is really different. There's a lot of kind of just other checks that we do for concerts and um, other events that, you know, we kind of know Niner games like the back of our hands and, you know, we can kind of produce those games like, but concerts always have just different things based on, you know, the artist and the promoter, um, which keeps things really interesting. But um, I think in a lot of ways it's different, but in a lot of ways it's, you know, still event day. I've got my staff, we're doing, you know, box office and ticketing, you know, sales and troubleshooting and things like that. And so at least that part stays the same, which is nice. In your goal to collect them all, how did you get to the 49ers? Yeah, so I was working at Pac-12, the Pac-12 conference at the time, um, and I was in a contracted role that kind of kept getting extended, um, like kind of month after month. It was originally a very short amount of time just for their championship season, but some other cool opportunities came up. And it kind of extended for a lot longer than I thought. And I saw a ticketing, the ticketing specialist role open up and I had had ticketing background from the Warriors and the Giants. And I was like, well, like, you know, this is a full time role. Like this is what, you know, I'm working towards and um, applied. And luckily with, you know, the various sports world being so small, like there was a lot of people that. I was able to kind of lean on for the network of people that worked at the Niners who had, you know, known people that I knew at the Giants and Warriors. And so it was great to kind of, you know, name drop a bunch of people that I knew that we had in common. And it was really amazing for them to, you know, really talk me up to the ticketing team um, when I was getting hired. And it was it was just a really good fit at the very beginning. I think like my team, I, you know, the eight of us, you know, we love each other dearly. And I think like there's a, we put a lot of importance on, you know, team building with the eight of us and um, just, you know, being a really tight knit group. And so I think like coming in and having the personalities really fit with us, I think um, was a really big factor in that. But yeah. 
what would you say is your favorite event that you've gotten to work and hopefully experience in stadium as well? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I think the fav- my favorite event we've had here was the NFC Championship in 2019. I think that was just absolutely, you know, electric people where, you know, we had absolutely zero tickets left and, you know, we we're selling, we sold out the complete building. Um, and there was, you know, just so much like demand and people are just like, I just got to be inside. I have a good feeling about this game and, you know, all of that. And so I think there was just so much like joy and energy um, of that game. And then obviously, you know, seeing us win at the end was great. Um, I think, to be honest, like I think the Coldplay concert we had this past year was I they just did a really great job with the theatrics of it. And it was really cool to kind of come in after, you know, a long working day and kind of seeing the light show, seeing people dancing and having so much fun. Um, and I, I know that's one of my favorite parts is when I kind of do my lap around the stadium after I close the box office and just see people having such a good time. And I think like, it really brings me a lot of joy to, you know, to see that even in my small role of, you know, getting people inside and getting the ticketing that they're just having the time of their life at the concert or the 49er game. And so I think I always I always really cherish that moment, you know, after I'm done and kind of seeing people just having a really great time. On, I feel like TikTok and Reels recently, there's been a lot of airline employees who have been giving tips for how to score upgrades or how to not be the passenger that all everyone hates. Do you have a top three tricks for people who have to come to the ticketing window to not be the person, like not be the fan that you guys talk about for the rest of the week? <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's all about doing, it's all about early. Right. And I feel like it's, so if an event's on Sunday, game day, Sunday, and you don't even attempt to think about where your ticket is until 9am on Sunday, as you're heading to it, I feel like you're going to have problems. Um, I feel like we love the people who purchase add to their wallet right away and they're set Come game day, there's absolutely no sweat because they're like, tickets in my wallet. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to visit the box office. I don't know who the ticketing team is um, because I will never meet them because my ticket's in my wallet. Um, But I feel like that's one is doing it a little earlier than five minutes before gate times open. And then, you know, utilizing the forgot password function. I feel like people get so frustrated, me included, because I don't remember any of my passwords. But, you know, the great person who invented the forgot password, send you an email or code and reset it um, is an absolute genius because it's super simple. Um, But I feel like people sometimes get tripped up because they don't remember their account password. Um, And then... I feel like the my last tip would be to if you don't have tickets and you're trying to walk up and come to the game, visit us first before going online. Because sometimes the online the online systems could take some time. Sometimes with your credit card, there goes through like fraud prevention just to make sure that you're you know making this big purchase kind of last minute. So um, my advice is always like, if you're going to kind of walk up to an event, check out the box office first before going online, because we may have some availability that maybe you didn't think we would have. 
and you might have to wait for a while if you buy your tickets um, right at the gates. So those are my top three. <laughs> to confirm, there's no fees at the box office, right? There is no fees at the box office. That is correct. Yep. That's These amazing. Are great tricks. Yeah. And tips. <laughs> we, we did this um, last week at Wrigley Field. There were six of us. We were looking on StubHub and, and you know, all those kind of third-party apps. And we were like, let's just go to the box office. And our the box office lady at Wrigley was so helpful. Um, she got us all seated together. She was telling us, like, where, you know, views are obstructed, what was in the shade. Like, it was it was honestly, like, a, a great customer experience where I felt like a VIP in, in the sense because – I felt like I was being accommodated to. And again, no fees was really nice too. So go check yes, out exactly. Chelsea at the box office. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, we're here to help. And we hope that everyone that walks away from, you know, doing a transaction with us feels just like you, Patty, and that they were taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that's no small role. I think half the battle <laughs> is getting people in into the building, right? And so- Ticketing obviously plays a really large part in that. Um, but in addition to your day-to-day, you also co-chair the Women Connect ERG. What interested you in taking a leadership role there and how have you seen it grow during your time here? Yeah, um, I definitely credit uh, Prima um, on my team for you know introducing me. She was one of the chairs when I first started and really kind of brought me into the Women Connect fold uh, by inviting me to events and you know making sure that I made connections with other people um, outside of our group. Um, so the stadium layout, the box office, we're kind of isolated in the front, and so we're not around like some of the other. Um, offices to kind of just wander around and kind of see what people are up to. And even, you know, going for a snack break, you know, we only see our team. And so I think Women Connect really allowed me to meet people in our organization that I don't, you know, wouldn't just visibly see on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think now, you know, helping run it and kind of coordinating and activating events has been has been awesome. I feel like I've gotten to do things that I would never think of. I mean, being the moderator for, you know, an event where I'm talking to Brandy Chastain and, you know, the like little girl who played soccer, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm asking Brandy, like how, you know, how, what she thinks about this, that or the other um, was really, was really cool. I also think being able to welcome new women when they start um, was, is, is really, um, cool to me. Back in middle school, I remember I was like the the welcome committee, and I don't know how they picked me, but I took my role very seriously, and would like show new kids around um, the school, and I feel like I just get to do that in a grown up version now. And so, um, I I've gotten a lot of from Women Connect, and I really love um, the opportunity to kind of welcome and say there's really a community here when you start, because obviously starting a new role is you know, intimidating, no matter what level you're starting at, and you want to, you know, build connections. And sometimes your role maybe doesn't allow as much collaboration or, you know, being able to talk to different people in different departments that um, you wouldn't work with on a day-to-day basis. Um, And so I really like that it makes the 
I really like that it makes the organization feel smaller because you just get to be really good friends with a lot of people, um, even if you don't work with them. I think it's also a testament to the women in our organization. You said Prima was the person who like brought you in and brought you to a lot of events. For me, it was Sophie and LJ. And I just think it's really nice that within our organization, at least in my experience here and from experiences I've heard from other women, that it has been a very like uplifting workplace. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's great because some of the events that, you know, we think that you know, won't maybe have the much, as much participation or that we're like, well, like, are people really interested in this? Like, and a lot of it's trial and error. Like, I think, you know, coming or for, in the pandemic, we were like, well, like, do people want to connect? Are they sick of Zoom? Do they just want to be, you know, do they just want to do their work and kind of not socialize? And I think when we kind of started those Zoom coffee club um, uh, meetings at the start of the day, I think, you know, we sometimes had like almost 30, 40, you know, women to just to kind of wake up and start your work day with kind of talking about, you know, work and non-work. Um, and I think that one of our big goals is like there's a space for everyone. And like no matter kind of your outside interest or what role you have, um, we really try to, you know, make the networking piece, the social piece, um, you know, the career development piece and there's like bound to be something hopefully that sparks your interest to kind of join us. And so I think, you know, we're able to capture everyone for at least, at least one thing, which is good, which is important to us. For women who maybe want to get into ticketing or just an advice for someone who wants to get into the industry, have you had like a list of tips or tricks that you've shared? Yeah. So I, we're really fortunate that we have half and half on our team. So um, I think that's really great, but ticketing in general is very male um, dominated. Even when I hire for um, the part-time role that I have, our ticketing representatives and ticketing leads, um, there's almost no female applicants. And I, you know, work with HR closely to try to get you know, the outreach on it. And I'm like, any like, you know, women, come on, like, this is, you know, finance and ticketing and, you know, accounting and things like that. And it's, it's definitely something that's on my, you know, new social cause to try to get the word out that ticketing is, you know, anyone can do it. I think, um, I think my biggest advice is just, I mean, for sports and for ticketing in general is that, you know, you never know where things could lead. I remember, so my first job in sports, it was like customer service, but then there was heavy ticketing. And I didn't even know that those kind of roles existed. And, you know, the software and all of the different skills that you learn with it, um, you know, I, it was like all learned while working and there was nothing, you know, there's no ticketing 101 class in college, but um, it definitely grew from there. Um, I think that, I don't know. My biggest advice, I think, would be to kind of you really have to, you know, find what you want and hustle for it. Or if you're not sure, you know, you still have to kind of broaden your horizons. I know when I first joined sports, I was like, oh, well, you just get this full time job and then you're set and then that's it. And, you know, I had to go through, you know, kind of seasonal jobs and part time work um, with various teams and, you know, really try to meet everyone I can. And then eventually that, you know, full time role will present itself, you know, and, and you'll make those connections. Um, 
I also feel like my mom always would say, like, feel the fear, do it anyways. And so there was times where I'm like, I have no idea, like, what this project is, who this person is, how to go about, you know, working on this either issue or, you know, what do we do? And I think it's like, okay, I'm smart. I can do this. Let's let's figure it out. Let's ask people we trust. Let's, you know, break this down. And I think people are, you know, you're a lot more confident and capable than sometimes you feel. And so it's just really breaking things down into bite-sized pieces for you to able to, you know, tackle a problem. I really love the part where you said your first job in sports doesn't need to be the thing that you're going to do forever. I feel like Patty will find this really funny. My first job in sports was a like heavy social media focus which for anyone who knows me, I am horrible at social media. Like I detest the platforms. Um, (laughs) And so I do think that's really funny that you can not have to start in where you're going to end up. And like, it's okay to not know necessarily where you want to end up, even if that's in sports. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's a big thing. I know I, it's one of those things where I feel like we get, and I don't know, forgive me for going on my society soapbox, but like, I feel like there's all this pressure to find exactly what you want so early on, and then you're going to do that forever. And the reality is, is that like, you know, you don't know what you want. You don't know what's out there. Like there's new industries that could pop up. There's new technology that can pop up. And, you know, you just try to evolve with what you're learning, what interests you. And, you know, there's really no at least for me, like, I feel like it would be incredibly boring to do the same thing for 60 years. And so to kind of mix it up and um, not have as much pressure to say like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to be happy and satisfied with it forever. So I think it's interesting, too, because at the end of the day, the three of us on this podcast right now, like all of our jobs intersect. We work with you to, to answer fan questions through the DMs and like, you work with Haley to get, you know, Ticketmaster uh, information live on the website. And like you work with football to get player tickets, like everything kind of intersects in a way at the end of the day that if you do have experience somewhere else that you, you know, might not have known you wanted to end up like, I think it does eventually help you out in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the favorite parts of my job is that I do get to, you know, reach out to pretty much every department in some way or the other, even if it's just, you know, people personally asking about how to get their family members tickets um, that I still, you know, intersect with pretty much every department. So as you know, Latino Heritage Month just kicked off yesterday. How important is it to celebrate cultural moments like these? And what does representation mean to you as we were just talking about, you know, ticketing being kind of male dominated to begin with? Yeah, um, no, I think working at the Niners, I I think the diversity that we have and I see um, from our team is probably one of the best in the places that I've worked at. Um, I think representation to me just means that, you know, people just come from different backgrounds, that it's not the same, that everyone doesn't have that, you know, story that when you share something about either your, you know, your childhood or share a funny story about like your parents that people necessarily 
are like, oh, yes, I have that exact same experience or I went to that too. But that can, you know, find that difference and joy in your experience as well and share theirs. It's great that we have this kind of league level representation for um, Heritage Months. The, I guess, level of, you know, understanding and the want to express diversity in different ways has been cool to see it um, develop, I guess, in the past, even like 10 years, just from, you know, seeing things as a fan and as, you know, kind of a spectator to now being um, sometimes in the room where those conversations with like, okay, is this, you know, can this go out? Like, is this, um, is this something that's inclusive of people and kind of getting to not have final say, but getting to have a voice in it to, you know, to kind of be able to, you know, say, hey, is this message like really inclusive of things or how can we say this better? I mean, it's even in this podcast now, I've already said my signature line, but, you know, how can we say that um, things to include more people and to, you know, reach out to others who don't, don't have that representation and who haven't seen themselves in in roles or in advertising or, you know, things that are targeted to them. And so I feel like it's it's a really cool moment and opportunity. I'm really excited for our game on Sunday because I know there's going to be a lot of activations for the Heritage Month, um, as well as we have a lot of groups out here that I've been lucky enough to connect with um, just on the ticketing side and getting them all set up. Um, but just knowing that they're there and they were invited and that there's you know, lots of activations going on. I think it's it's it'll be a really cool experience on Sunday. Looking at kind of job postings, I know you've had multiple roles here, so you can you can do your entire span tenure with the 49ers. But every job posting has that other duties as assigned bullet point. Have you done anything with the Niners that probably wouldn't have been included in that job description for your role? Um, yes, I actually, um, so I, like I mentioned, our team, um, is pretty, is very tight knit, the eight of us. And so we put a lot of importance on just team building with the eight of us as well. And so I, that's kind of my unofficial role in our team is like, you know, planning things and putting things together. Um, but on that note, the eight of us are also very competitive people. And so our idea of team building and fun is having competitions with each other. And so we just come up with just absolutely insane little competitions that we do throughout the year. The most recent one was funny for me that I was at a gas station buying 10 different types of dark soda because we were all having a competition if we could actually tell the difference between, you know, Diet Coke, Coke Zero, you know, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, like all of the different ones. And I never would have thought that I would be, you know, purchasing 10 bottles of these sodas for us to kind of tell the difference. But I think also planning and kind of coordinating the weird competitions, we've made up a ton of weird kind of office games. And, you know, similar to the actual show, The Office, how they had the Office Olympics, like we try to do weird stuff like that, that sometimes I find myself being like, oh, like, I'm actually planning some weird game day, like for team building. Um, didn't think that that was anything to do with ticketing, but um, it really helps us work really well as a group together and, you know, kind of get through those long days. Um, so I would say that is the team building really encompasses some weird stuff sometimes. 
Do you think being competitive is a trait that you probably like? I feel like most people I've ever worked with in sports have had that somewhere in their personality traits. I think so. I think like, and I tell this as advice for my part-time ticketing representatives who are looking to break into sports where I say, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of people want to work in sports. And so the, what sets you apart is your ability to interact and like to be, you know, just a good person to be around, right? Like, you know, hiring managers and directors of departments and all of that, like when they hire people, they're spending, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, you know, with you and they're building their team. And so they obviously want to get someone that just brings a good energy into the office, um, as well as able to do that job. Obviously, that's equally as important. But I think because so many people want to, um, you know, work in sports that, demand is really high and the supply is really high. And there's a lot of, there's just that really cool ability to set yourself apart from, you know, even if it's like a small joke or, um, you know, some sort of story that you, you know, could elaborate on or have something in common, I think really brings out like how um, people just interact. And I think that competitiveness like is a pretty good trait that, you know, we all kind of have because we understand that kind of hustle it is to kind of get here and be at this level and, you know, kind of be on this big stage for, for working here. And so I think, I think, yeah, sometimes I think where I'm like, whoa, slow down, Chelsea. This is just a mini golf game in the office. And then I'm like, no, like I have to win, like I have to win this. Like, and so, but I think it's like, it's all good fun. And I also think it helps us, you know, just like do the best we can just with, with everything we do. Something you said in there, I, I would love to pull out, which was hiring managers are going to have to spend like 40 plus hours a week with you if you're hired. Both, both of you, so this is a question for the whole call, have hired people. What did you guys look for in your candidates? Do you, do you want me to go first, Patty? Yeah, you can go first. I'm like, I've only been a manager for about three months. <laughs> um, I I guess I – so the questions I ask are very um, – I have, like, pretty um, set questions I've developed over the years. But I think, like, using words – like, so when I ask people, I say, you know, like, what is your – what is your style of doing this? Like, what is your approach to this? Like, what's your method when you're dealing with, you know, a customer? And I think like that really gives me good insight on people because then they have to think about themselves, right? And they're like, okay, like, what is my method? Like, how do I approach a problem? And I think um, when I ask these kind of hiring questions, I do want to kind of have a long answer because I feel like when people start talking, they really, you know, kind of are able to let their personality show. And I feel like people who are really just, you know, excited and they care about, you know, like doing things at a high level, they care about customers, they care about saying things in the right way. They, you know, they have the skills to, you know, be very fine attention to detail as well as, you know, look at, kind of broad, big picture things. Um, but yeah, I love when people, you know, take a seemingly small um, answer where you can just be like, yeah, like I'm really good at customer service because I have this many years and kind of turn it into a story where, you know, that they had this customer who is 
upset and they turned it around. And then one day they saw him at the grocery store and they bought him a coffee and I don't know, and now they're friends. And so I feel like those kind of interesting stories really give me insight into people's personalities. And honestly, I love making little jokes and kind of having little zingers. And so when I find people like that who can just do the job well, but also just be fun to have around. And, you know, we have a lot of fun down in the box office. And so having that, you know, kind of quirky personality, um, even if and doesn't mean you have to be like really extroverted or, you know, silly or always laughing, but being able to, you know, let people know who you are, I think um, is the most important for me. Yeah, I saw a tweet last night um, that made me laugh. It was like, in a job interview, what's your biggest strength? And the guy goes, I got that dog in me. I think kind of similarly <laughs> um, in sports, you kind of do need to have that like dog mentality as like cliche as that is. I think um, when I was hiring, I wasn't necessarily looking for someone who worked in sports. I think with social media, I just wanted someone who I thought could do the job well, who had experience running you know, verified channels that reached, you know, millions of people. I think similarly to what Chelsea was saying, looking for someone who was detail oriented because, you know, our our social presence is so vast and um, we really have to be on top of our game because I think we are heavily scrutinized. Um, and so you never want to give people a reason to to call you out or do anything like that. So for me, like sports wasn't necessarily a prerequisite when I was hiring um, my social media coordinator. And yeah, I just, I really wanted someone who was going to, you know, kind of learn quickly and adapt on the fly. Our coordinator, Kiana, has been awesome. I She started right before camp. And so she really just kind of got, you know, thrown right into football and has handled it incredibly well. And so I think someone that's just like willing to learn and willing to like take on new tasks. I think it was a credit to her that she wanted to get into sports um, and had the the mindset and the, the right attitude to really do it and to do it well. Like she moved from Philly to get here. And so, you know, her dedication was, was evident um, when I was talking to her. And so shout out Kiana. Um, she does a great <laughs> job. I talked to her um with different ticketing questions all the time. So she's done a great job in the time she's been here. Oh, good. I, I love to hear that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of what we're looking for. Again, like good good cultural fits, someone who's going to get along with the team and, and get along with people in other departments. Like you said, Chelsea, just like how we touch so many different departments and work with so many different people. It's super important, I think, to maintain those relationships and, and, and build off of them as well. So... Um, I'm going to throw the same exact question to Haley, who was on like a hiring spree this offseason. Oh, um, I mean, I can go really quickly. And it's very much what you guys said. I personally think it's the people who I have enjoyed working with have been kind of egoless. We are a team and it's really hard to work with someone who measures their accomplishments by I, in my opinion. So I was really looking for people who were team players. And then honestly, if you're applying to a job and you don't seem like you want that job or you're not really eager for it, you're probably not going to get it. And I think all of the people I hired were the people who were the most eager 
and willing and excited about the job that they were being hired for. Yeah, I agree. I love when, and my role that I hire for is like for either game day or on a part-time during the week. And I think it really sets people apart where, you know, they recognize it's, you know, a part-time position, but it could lead to other opportunities, but they're still equally as excited um, for the role. And they, you know, that they understand the stepping stones and that um, I had hired one, one guy during the off season. And I think sometimes like his energy just still sticks with me, even though he only works game days um, because he works elsewhere. But he his just energy of being so grateful to be here and so excited and, you know, loving the Niners, loving the customers, loving game day um, really set him apart where it was, you know, able to do the job, but also so excited to be there, you know, because ideally all of us are right. And so you'd look for people to build your team on that. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's been really exciting to see our organization really grow um, and kind of bringing in new people and new energy. So Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and speaking with us. It's been a blast. And you're going to have to show me the results of that soda taste test because I'm curious. And I also think I can tell the difference between all of those. I was going to say, I'm really curious about what happened there. Yeah, so it was funny. I mean, you both know Marcus and we love Marcus, but Marcus talked a big game and he definitely, I think Brad was our winner. Um, But we also, we had another one where we did different types of water. Obviously that one was a lot harder, but um, again, didn't think I would be at Safeway getting 10 different types of water um, to kind of put together these challenges. But um, but it's definitely fun and I will invite both of you next time to our to our little challenges. I also want to throw out a new one, another idea, which Patty has said she could do easily. I would like to do a blind taste test of fast food french fries. Um, I think Patty is really overhyping her skills there. <laughs> That's a good one. We should do marketing and ticketing. Um, French fry tasting. Yes, I agree. We should plan that. <laughs> yeah. In 2019, marketing did a blind pizza taste test. <clears throat> and I think it was pretty successful. I think there was one clear winner who, who I can't say due to the partnerships <laughs> conflicts, but um, definitely down for soda, French fries, all the junk food on game. Love that. Well, thank you both so much. This was great. And I feel so honored to be asked. And it was a great talking to you both.